Blog Talk Radio. family. Thanks for listening to Eastern Airlines Radio. My name is Neil Holland, the producer of the show, and we have a great show for you tonight. All listeners around the world, we say welcome, because we do have listeners from around the world. We've identified over 50 countries listening to our radio show. I think we have breaking news that I hear. And, Mike, would you tell us what that news is? I sure will. We got uh, Boeing has successfully completed its first test flight of the autonomous passenger air vehicle prototype in Manassas, Virginia. Boeing's uh, next uh, new generation, uh, which leads to the company's urban air mobility efforts, utilize Boeing's subsidiary Aurora Flight Sciences to design and develop the electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft and will continue testing it uh, to advance the safety and reliability of on-demand autonomous air transportation. The prototype completed a controlled takeoff hover and landing uh, during the flight which tested the vehicle's autonomous functions and ground control systems. Future flight tests will uh, contain uh, wing airborne flight as well as transition the transition phase between vertical and forward flight modes. This transition phase is typically the most significant engineering challenge for any high-speed VTO, vertical takeoff and landing aircraft. In one year, we have progressed from the conceptual design of flying a prototype said Boeing Chief Technology Officer Greg Heisel. Uh, the Boeing expertise and innovation have been critical in the development of the aviation's world's safest, most efficient form of transportation and will continue to lead with a safe, innovative, and responsible approach to our new mobility solutions. Powered by an electric propulsion system, the prototype is designed to fully autonomous flight to take off and landing with a range of up to 50 miles. The aircraft measuring 50, correction, 30 feet long by 28 feet wide is advanced airframe integrates the propulsion and wing systems to achieve efficient hover and forward flight. And there's more on this in the uh, AOPA's uh, January 24th air brief uh, publication by Jim Moore. Thanks, Mike. and friends around the world. It's great having you with us. My name is Jim Hart, coming to you live from the beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida area, where today's weather, it's about 70 degrees. A little bit cooler than usual, but we can handle that. Welcome and thank you for listening and calling the show. You have truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. In fact, we can now say we've become Eastern Airlines International Radio Show. 
We'd love to hear your comments and share your memories with radio listeners from around the world during our broadcast. If you haven't called the show before, all you need to do is to call 213-816-1611 and just say hello to talk with us on the air live. We can identify many countries around the world. I think there are 50 of them now who listen in with our blog talk radio application. Isn't it great that we can keep the Eastern legacy going out, not only to the Eastern family, but to listeners from many different countries around the world? That's what we try to do every week on the EAL radio show. Won't you join us? By adding your voice to these broadcasts, we'd love to have you. Our thanks also to those who choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on our homepage at www.ealradioshow.com or perhaps by signing in at the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free to use our call-in number, 213-816-1611 at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Let me repeat that number so you can write it down for your Monday night visits. Uh, it's 213-816-1611. And by the way, please tell your friends about us. And don't forget you can listen to any of our 399 Monday night broadcasts. <coughs> Pardon me. And the 75-plus Thursday broadcast by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, and scrolling down through the archive of broadcasts, each episode is briefly described. Nearly 500 episodes. Holy blue Sunoco. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Lines are always open for calls. And if you choose not to participate and talk live with your host, we ask you to please mute your telephone because our producer does not have the capability of filtering out background noises. Neil, can you check your screen and tell us who our hosts are for tonight's episode? Sure can, Jim. Thanks. I love that blue, holy, holy blue Sunoco. Is that what? <laughs> I remember blue Sunoco. Blue Sunoco two sixty. Okay, very good. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, let's start up in the in the cold country. Let's start up there with Mike Scott. Mike, how cold is it there where you are? Well, we're currently at 29 degrees and cloudy. And I'm sure that Shea Ooh. is uh, probably pretty close to that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Is that about right? For well, for now, but unfortunately here in Freehold, <laughs> we're going down to two degrees Fahrenheit as the low on oh, Thursday. Good Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, golly. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Is Holy it Blue Sunoco. Yeah, Holy Blue Sunoco. Holy Blue Sunoco. You started a new saying here, Jim Hart. Yeah. You heard it here on the EAO radio show. <laughs> okay, well, let's move a little bit further south and. Uh, we'll pick up Dorothy and Don over in the village area, villages. Yeah, we had a high today of about uh, uh, 59 degrees, and tonight it's supposed to go down to about 35. Burr is all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, You're not used to that, right, so. Dorothy? Yeah, I better get my long johns out for sure. <laughs> she is wearing she's wearing clothes I have never seen before. <laughs> I, I dug out all my winter outfits from way back when, and I'm talking back before I moved to Florida in '94. So you can imagine how all these things are. 
Mm. Um, just to keep warm, folks. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll move on down to, well, no, not too far down. Uh, Norma Jean, you're sitting right over there close to them. I guess you can say the same there, right, Norma Jean? Right now it's a really chilly 46. Ooh. I don't know what it was this morning. I just It's either cold or hot when I stick my head out the door. But it was uh, it was pretty chilly this morning, and uh, it's another chilly night tonight. Okay, and we just heard Jim Hart, and he's down south, where the temperature is a little bit better. And uh, what's what's the uh, high today, Jim Hart, in West Palm Beach? Yeah, West the high was about 72. It didn't go up very far because we have quite a stiff, cool wind blowing here. Oh, shucks. (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad, Jim. (laughs) Okay, Jim, back to you. Okay, thanks, Neil. I hope I didn't. I see we're number one for takeoff. So, Captain, let's get flight number 400 in the air. Simply say, you don't understand. 
I tell these stories for my own enjoyment, not yours, end quote. <laughs> yet, yet we all delighted in his stories because he had a way of uniquely embellishing them and based on who he was talking to. Kelly, Kelly drew a roar of laughter when he told the audience approximately, of approximately 10,000 people about how Herb livened up Southwest meetings after being diagnosed with pro- prostate cancer. Cancer. He, he, and during his otherwise dry and boring shareholders meeting, a shareholder said, Herb, we need you. We are worried about you and we're worried about the fact that you have cancer and would you please stop smoking? Known for his smoking four or five packs of cigarettes a day, Herb responded. First, he says, the people of Southwest Airlines who deserve all, it's it's the people of Southwest Airlines that deserve all the credit. As for the prostate cancer, I'm successfully treated. I'm fine. Regarding the cigarettes, I don't worry. I don't smoke with my prostate. (laughs) Dr. Maria Hall, Dixon Hall, gave an innovation in her prayer. She said, Herb's extraordinary wit could disarm a continuous situation, and turn it into something comical. Herb was was the uh, embodiment of God's creative gifts, his delight in humanity, and his desire to see the life of our, of the very best of lives. Colleen Burnett, Southwest president, emeritus and co-founder, well known as the queen of hearts and catalyst in creating Southwest one-of-a-kind culture, worked with Herb for 51 years. She spoke of Herb's deep respect and regard for everyone he touched. I truly believe that Herb never took a step in life, she said, without thinking of the consequences it would bring or the lessons it might teach others. For for their entire working relationship, Colleen kept Herb organized. He was well he he was known for having no uh, no sense of time. That often meant pulling him out of meetings and conversations when he was holding court with employees, customers, and shareholders. One time she walked into a meeting and said, Herb, get your coat. And Herb looked at the people who were sitting there. That either means I'm cold or I'm going somewhere. Colleen told the audience that Herb had a knack of losing things. One night he paid a taxi driver $200 to drive him around Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport parking lot because he couldn't find his car. (laughs) On more than one occasion, Herb reported his rent-a-car stolen when he couldn't find it. Colleen closed her remarks by reading a poem from Herb uh, that would have loved entitled Death Death is Nothing by Harry Scott. Harry Scott Holland, correction, former Regis Professor of Divinity of the University of Oxford. Norma Jean? Another lighthearted moment came when Herb's wife of 64 years, Joan, and his daughter Ruth, affectionately known as Herb in a Skirt, and his immediate family took the stage, each armed with a mini bottle of wild turkey. It was Herb's favorite bourbon. They all raised their bottles and took a swig in honor of Herb's extended Southwest family. Joan's facial expression was priceless as she took a drink and no doubt felt the burn of the bourbon going down. Austin-based GS and D&M, the advertising agency that represented Southwest Airlines for 36 years, and well-known for being the inspiration behind Southwest's famous painted planes, and created a 30-second video in honor of Herb. The video captured the essence of Herb Kelleher in typical GSD&M style. He didn't need first, oh, this is a quote, he didn't need first class because he never treated anyone like second class. And, quote, he taught us, that we don't need wings to fly as much as you need heart, unquote. Southwest Airlines early days reads like the David and Goliath story. If you dive in and unpack it, the story reveals Herb's warrior spirit. Ron Ricks, vice chairman of Southwest Board of Directors, has been on the front line of every Southwest Airlines battle since the beginning. Ricks described Herb as a modern-day Hercules, After incorporating Southwest at the age of 36, 
Herb faced the first legal battle that threat, threatened to suffocate Southwest Airlines and its crib, unquote. In those early days, hostile action by the Dallas City Council and predatory business practices by Southwest competitors could have taken the little upstart down. For 12 consecutive years, Ricks told the audience, there would not be one month, one week, one day, or one minute when Southwest Airlines' very existence was not at stake. Ricks went on to say, for 12 arduous years, 1967 to 1979, Herb Kelleher, like Hercules, he walked straight into the lion's den and throttled him with his bare hands. Herb's will was a force field. It was a palpable, tangible, living, breathing thing. You could feel it and you could touch it. And, ladies and gentlemen, let me assure you, it could touch you too. That will made Herb, and by extension, Southwest Airlines invincible. We mentioned Herb's fiercely protective spirit. In those early battles, Gaylord Armstrong, a lawyer who represented Continental Airlines, did everything he could to keep Southwest from getting up in the air. Armstrong remembered walking out of the Austin State Capitol when a furious Herb Kelleher shoved him up against the fence of the Capitol grounds and tried to strangle him with his own tie. (laughs) I would have succeeded, Herb said, if the damn tie had not ripped. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Bill Cunningham, former president of the University of Texas at Austin and the Southwest board member, spoke to Herb's spirit and the cause for which he fought. Cunningham told the audience, quote, he made it possible for grandparents to visit their grandchildren, for young families to take vacations, and for business people to meet with their customers. He changed America. Former Vice, former Vice Chief of Staff of the United States Air Force, General Duncan McNabb, recounted the time when he took Herb on a world tour of the Air Force Air Mobility Command. McNabb asked Herb to be commander for a day. Herb said, how about two days? Checking on the extent of his authority, Herb asked the general, quote, if I am in command, can I launch the fleet, unquote. McNabb told Herb he could do anything he wanted to do. Then the general reminded Herb that he had veto powers over any decision (laughs) Herb made. Herb, who hated to be uh, constrained, spent the rest of the trip uh, telling people, quote, yes, I am the commander, but I am a mere puppet, unquote. During his tour with McNabb, Herb got a call from the chief of staff of the Air Force, Buzz Mosley. Over the loudspeaker, So everyone could hear, Herb told General Mosley that his command was in disarray. Then Herb assured the Air Force highest command that he'd have it all straightened out in a couple of days. (laughs) Craig Hall, Dallas entrepreneur and longtime friend of Herb, told a crowd that Herb was always there for him during the good and the bad times in his business endeavors. Hall, founder of prestigious Hall Wines in Napa, once sent Herb some of bottles of Cuvée. Herb was famous for handwritten Herb cards. Sent Hall a note, said, Craig, I tasted your Cuvée and my personal wine expert. I pronounced it very good. Of course, in 1956, he was drinking Annie Green Springs, a cheap, awful wine. I'm sure it tastes <laughs> and improved since he moved back home in his mother's basement. Hall was, only, Hall was the only one on stage wearing a tie, a loud, colorful, obnoxious tie. <laughs> he said Herb had sent it to him with another note saying, the attached tie screamed, Craig Hall. 
to me as I walked through the men's department at Kmart. <laughs> I know you will cherish it. Hall summed up the sentiment of many in the crowd when he said, quote, Herb was real and authentic, and at a time when so many people put him on, uh, put on uh, pretenses or play games, all of us will carry on with pieces of Herb and the better off we have for him being there, a part of his world. Herb always said the business of business is people. With 46 consecutive years of profitability, no layoffs, no furloughs, and no pay cuts, Southwest has grown from a fledgling interest rate upstart to become the largest airline in America. With 60,000 jobs, count retirees and alums, and the Southwest family totals 135,000 members with tens of millions of customers and fans. Southwest is the most successful airline in the history of commercial aviation. Gary Kelly told the crowd that Southwest Airlines revealed Herb to the world and the world would never be the same because of his impact. Then Kelly described the roles Herb played in influencing his life and shaping his career personally. Herb has been my boss, my mentor, my counselor, my teacher, my cheerleader, and my friend. But actually, he was more like a father. He was a hero. Kelly concluded the event by talking about what great leaders leave behind. It's been said that legacy is not leaving something for people, like things. It's leaving something in people. That is what Herb did. He's right. Heroes show us what's possible. They show us the heights to which we can rise. And looking up at our heroes, we are drawn up. If we are wise enough to periodically stop, reflect, and ask, what would our heroes say about us? We become bigger, better, and stronger. At one time or another, all of us who knew him well can attest to asking, what would Herb's indomitable spirit, boundless energy, devotion to others, employees' first philosophy, and wonderful sense of humor tell me to do now in this particular scenario? To the entire Kelleher family, as we grieve, mourn, and laugh with you, we also want to thank you for sharing Herb with us. We are incredibly grateful that Herb was part of our lives and touched us so profoundly. He was a national treasure and truly did define one of a kind. Herb Kelleher had many of his thoughts quoted and recorded. Here are just a few. Power should be reserved for weightlifting and boats, and leadership really involves responsibility. A company is stronger if it is bound by love rather than by fear. We will hire someone with less experience, less education, and less expertise than someone who has more of those things and has a rotten attitude because we can train people. We can teach people how to lead. We can teach people how to provide customer service but we can't change their DNA. You must be very patient, very persistent. The world isn't going to shower gold coins on you just because you have a good idea. You're going to have to work like crazy to bring that idea to the attention of people. I forgive all personal weaknesses except egomania and pretension. One piece of advice that always stuck in my mind is that people should be respected and trusted as people not because of their position or title. It is my practice to try to understand how valuable something is by trying to imagine myself without it. Ah, uh, laughter, the timeless elixir for the soul. All right, y'all. We can pretend to have your attention for just a few moments. My two young identical twins, son and daughter, are going to show you the safety features of the Boeing 737-700 series. I'm so proud of these kids. To properly fasten your seatbelt, slide the flat into the buckle. To release, lift up on the buckle. Position your seatbelt tight and lower across your hips like Michael Phelps or the Speedo. If you get mad, you want to take your toys and go home, there's six ways to get there. Two forward exit doors, two over wing window exits, two rear exit doors, signs overhead, disco lights on the floor, leave each exit. 
Everybody gets a door prize in the seat back pocket in front of you, along with dirty diapers, chewing gum wrappers, banana peels, and all of the gifts you leave for us from time to time. It's a safety information card. Take it out, check it out. You'll notice in the highly unlikely event that the captain lends us near a hot tub, everybody gets their very own teeny-weeny yellow Southwest bikini. One size fits all. Take it out only if told to do so. Place it over your head, wrap that strap around your waist, buckle it in front, pull the tighten. Once outside, pull down on the red tab to inflate to manually inflate blood of the tube at your shoulder. The flight attendants are coming by, hoping that you'll tell them how good-looking they are. They're going to make sure that your seat backs and tray table are in their full, upright, and absolute most uncomfortable position possible. And your carry-on items are crammed and shoved completely under the seat in front of you, leaving absolutely no room for your knees or feet. As you know, it's a no-smoking, no-whining, no-complaining flight. It's a please and thank you, and you are such a good-looking flight attendant flight. Smoking is never allowed on board at Southwest. If you're caught smoking in the laboratory, the fire says $2,000, and if you want to pay that for your airfare, you should have flown somebody else. If we do make you that nervous in the next two hours, you're more than welcome to step outside. We don't discriminate at Southwest. We've got a special smoking section just for you. We'll even show you a movie tonight. We have gone in 60 seconds. And the flight attendant serving you, her name is Wendy, and her motto is, if you can light it, you can smoke it. Federal law group is tampering with disabling or destroying any smoke detector or webcam in any of our laboratories. Federal aviation regulation requires passenger compliance with allowed passenger information signs and posted placards. Basically, just do what we say and nobody gets hurt. <laughs> and although we never anticipate a loss in cabin pressure, if we did, we certainly wouldn't be at work tonight. But if needed, for oxygen masks will drop the compartment overhead. Stop screaming, let go of your neighbor, pull down to that plastic tubing and fully extend it, place the mask over your nose and mouth and breathe normally. To activate the flow of oxygen, simply insert 75 cents for the first minute and 50 cents for each additional minute. Although that plastic bag may not inflate, you are receiving lots and lots of gin. Oxygen, that is. And if you're traveling with small children, we're sorry. If you're traveling with more than one child, pick out the one that you think might have the most earning potential down the road. And if you're traveling with somebody needing very special assistance, like your husband, bless his heart, or your wife, put on your mask first. And that's it for the do's and don'ts of show and tell. Sit back and relax, or you can sit up and be tense. Either way, it's about a two-hour flight, gate to gate, the clock is already ticking. Seriously, y'all, if there's anything at all that we can do to make your flight more enjoyable, please tell us just as soon as we land in Dallas. And if there's anything you can do to make our flight more enjoyable, we'll tell you immediately. We're not shy at Southwest. That's what we call very cheap entertainment. Nobody had to pay extra, but you certainly don't get a refund. Thanks again for choosing Southwest, and welcome aboard. <laughs> Passengers taking a Southwest Airlines flight for the first time are graciously taken aback by the flight crew's lighthearted sense of humor compared to other commercial airlines whose stewards and stewardesses are dressed to the nines with perfectly covered hair and plastic attitudes to match. Southwest stripped their crews of these pretensions and brought them back down to earth. The flight crew traded in their business skirts, high heels, and pantyhose for khaki pants, polo shirts, and sneakers. At Southwest Comfort prevailed over fashion. Along with this radical wardrobe change came a laid-back attitude, a great sense of humor, and a genuine smile that radiates. Hey, I really love my job. The fun-loving spirit that walks through Southwest cabins is truly infectious. Bleary-eyed passengers who have come to equate air travel with their worst living nightmare have to fight hard not to smile when disembarking from a Southwest flight. <laughs> oh, true. Uh, Jim, Jim, I couldn't find the clip for the captain, but the one I was looking for sounded like We've turned the seatbelt sign off. You're free to move about the country. And that was one of the <laughs> advertisements, and, and uh, it uh, stuck with me. I couldn't find that. But uh, Southwest did a great job of, of marketing. Dorothy? Immediately after takeoff, the pilot's voice is heard through the overhead speaker. Bear with me, folks. This is my first time. Chuckles are heard throughout the cabin. In reviewing the safety procedures, a flight attendant instructs, in the event of a sudden loss of cabin pressure, 
oxygen mask will descend from the ceiling. Stop screaming, grab the mask, and pull it over your face. If you have a small child traveling with you, secure their own mask before assisting with theirs. If you are traveling with two small children, well, decide now which one you love more. Laughter <laughs> continues. When the plane has landed, a flight attendant warns, please use caution when opening the overhead compartments as shift happens. <laughs> a healthy, happy workplace. It's well known that a healthy workplace boosts morale, lowers turnover, decreases absenteeism, and increases productivity. When workplaces are plagued with negative energy, backstabbing antics, and gossip mongers, people turn into the law school of the Lord of the, fly, of the Flies forced to fend for themselves in a cruel, competitive, and unforgiving world. Southwest knows that humor is not incompatible with competition. However, after all, the airline has remained consistently profitable in post-9-11 era, in the post-9-11 era. Yet, intuitively, understand that the power of humor is the, has the ability to ease stressful situations, build rapport, cohesiveness, and soften the most hardened lines of communication. Who did they inherit these funny genes from? Who else? But the zany, jolly, good fellow that by the name of Herb Kelleher. As the founder and former chairman of Southwest, Kelleher's off-the-wall antics successfully established a mood for the company's quirky culture. In one, one, in one famously outrageous incident in 1992, Kelleher and Kurt Werwald, chairman of Stevens Aviation, went head-to-head in an arm wrestling competition over the rights of a slogan. Stevens Aviation was using plain smart as their uh, catchphrase for a year before Southwest inadvertently infringed on their rights with the Just Plain Smart campaign. The dual schedule for high noon would proclaim one winner. Kelleher lost the match, but in good spirit uh, and goodwill, her wall granted Southwest permission for the continued use of the tagline. Kelleher gets... The true power of humor. He knows it can disarm competitors, dissolve hurt feelings, and modify mollify potentially legitimate uh, situation. He always knows that humor can ease a customer frustration and create positive associations at last. To turn to a partial factor up a notch, uh, for Halloween, we've even seen Kelleher dressed as Dr. McDreamy of Grey's Anatomy fame and chief executive... <laughs> Gary Kelly, dressed up as Edna Turnblad, the hefty housewife of the musical Hairspray. Norma Jean? Robert Hall International, an executive recruitment firm, surveyed 492 professionals and found that 97% felt it is important for managers to have a sense of humor. Max Mesmer, chief executive of Robert Hall, Robert O'Half, Robert Half explained, managers who can laugh at themselves or difficult situations are often seen as more approachable and in touch with the challenges their teams face. It's no doubt that Kelleher and Kelly are in touch with their people, and it's this particular attitude that Southwest looks for in potential hires. Ginger Hartage, Southwest Senior Vice President of Corporate Communications, explained, What we try to show in our public relations and our advertising is the Southwest attitude. When we hire people, we look for that particular attitude. A candidate on a job interview might be asked a question about the last time he or she used humor to pacify a tense situation. Hartage also recalls a time when a group of pilots showed up wearing traditional suits but were told that only candidates wearing Gym shorts would be interviewed that day. (laughs) Sounds like a joke? To Southwest, humor is serious business. The pilots who changed into gym shorts got hired, and the others (laughs) went home. (laughs) Hartage stated, if people tend to be serious, stuffy, and cannot laugh at themselves, then they're probably not going to work out at Southwest. Don? Chris Robert 
an assistant professor of management <clears throat> excuse me, at the University of Missouri-Columbia's Resort, Robert J. Talaski, Senior College of Business, studied the effects of humor in the workplace. With humor and positive emotions going hand-in-hand, there was also a strong correlation between positive emotions and workplace performance. Roberts explains, quote, that's where employees' retention becomes into it. If you have a positive emotion about your job, you're less likely to quit. And maybe part of that is because of the fun you're having in the break room. You might get a better job offer, but it will take more to draw your to draw you away from when you are uh, when when you like where you work and you like the people you work with. Yet humor does more than create a happy workplace that increases productivity. Robert found that in, that the that the use of humor is associated with two highly priced values, intelligence and creativity. A joke is funny because two things are connected in a way that makes them compatible. It parallels the process of creativity with ideals and coverage in a unique manner. With creativity following through by the pipelines, innovation flourishes and businesses take over new heights. When humor infuses with the workplace, it becomes a breeding ground for happiness, productivity, creativity, and innovation. When employees are feeling positive, the customers catch into the spirit and get the best ride of their lives. In the words of Kelleher, the chief jester himself, quote, humor rubs off on people. We don't hire people to be funny, but we want them to keep an individuality which makes them feel better about work and then turns makes them happier and more productive. So loosen up, all you radio listeners, and let laughter begin, as Herb intended. We don't have the Southwest commercial, but uh, Shay, would you continue? Sure, Neil. And so we close our tribute to the life of a great aviation leader. There have been many such leaders in the past. Captain Eddie Rickenbacker of Eastern Airlines, Collett E. C. E. Woolman of Delta Airlines, C. R. Smith of American Airlines, Juan Tripp, Pan American Airways, William A. Patterson, United Airlines, to name a few. All leaders of the American aviation industry. Do you see any similarity between Eastern Airlines and Southwest Airlines? Any of you uh, host and listeners, I'm going to open all the microphones. That's the end of our program, our tribute to Herb Kelleher, um, a, a, an individual that um, just uh, knew how uh, to deal with people. And I just uh, think that uh, if I my my, you know, my thoughts were the other day when I was putting some of this together was is this any way to run an airline? And I would say yes, you bet it is, because he did a fantastic job of of creating the atmosphere in the airline that uh, was Southwest Airlines. Any discussion about any similarities that you see or anything that uh, do you want to talk about comparing? You know, I right. couldn't. Go ahead. Yes, Shay. Uh, I just couldn't help thinking that I wish that that man had been CEO at Eastern for at least the last 15 years of. Oh, me too. Amen and amen. Amen to that. Yeah. You know, uh, Neil, uh, I, I was uh, uh, privileged to work in uh, Miami Airport for probably 10 or 15 years of my career on and off. And we had a lot of fun at work back in those days. Um, you, you just never knew 
what was gonna what was gonna happen or what we were gonna talk about. But uh, between the break room and the gates of the ticket counter, it was fun. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. And I've I've talked to a, a friends of mine from Delta National Pan Am that I still keep in touch with. And they all say the same thing. I mean, it was just a fun time. So, yeah. yeah. It absolutely was. Yeah. And about a week after I started at Eastern Airlines, I don't know what was going on, but there were a couple of people talking, and one of them said, "Hey, buddy, if you don't have an east, east if you don't have a sense of humor, you can't work at Eastern Airlines." And that was at Miami. Right Amen. there on 36th Street. Yeah. Uh, that's true, Nora Jean. Very true. It's like well, it's my area. I, all the years I worked for Eastern, uh, I mean, I, I could hardly wait to get to work because all we did was have a lot of fun. We got the job <laughs> done too. Absolutely. I mean, it was yeah. just like one. I mean, people still ask me today, "Is what I did for a living?" I said, "Nothing." I said, "They always pay me to do what I like to do and had a lot of fun at it." <laughs> but you know, even. Years ago, no matter who you would talk to, would always say, "Oh, I always take Eastern. I wouldn't take any other plane." And I heard that from many, many people. And that's before I even knew Don or anything about Eastern at all. I just heard the name from the time that I was growing up, and my father and all our relatives used to go back and forth on Eastern. So that does say something. Uh, about which airline was really thought highly of. Jim Hart. Hey, Jim Hart. Yeah. How did you guys set the uh, set the uh, the mode uh, the the mood I should say of, of of Eastern Airlines? Because was it a happy organization back when you were working? Oh yes, it was. In fact, I wanted to mention uh, one of our employees on the ticket counter. You can imagine we had a bad weather night, and the passengers were backed up to the wall behind the ticket counter, and uh, two little ladies came up to the counter, and one of our fun-loving agents, his name was George Dunn. George was a graduate of Bowdoin College, and in his part-time, he drove a limousine in Hartford, Springfield. Well, George... uh, these two ladies happened to come up to his position at the counter. Oh, he said, ladies, it's so nice to see you. He said, I think someone called to tell us you were coming. So he took their bags and uh, checked them in. And behind the ticket counter, we had spring-loaded doors and a chute that dropped about 35 feet almost straight down with a great big rubber tire at the bottom to stop the baggage. He said, ladies, he said, listen, my brother Charlie is out at the gate, and I'm going to call him and tell him you're coming, and I want him to put you on the airplane and get you seated. Well, do you know, once the ladies left the counter, and get this, the counter was jammed. George turned around. He dove through those spring-loaded store uh, uh, doors and went down, of course, into the operations. He ran out to the gate, and just as the ladies were approaching the gate, oh, he said, listen, I'm Charlie, and my brother George up there called me and told me you were coming. <laughs> <laughs> Booked him out to the airplane. It was a DC at the time. He put them on board, got them seated, and so on. And of course, on the ticket counter, nothing happened. And people were just awestruck when they saw him dive headfirst through these spring doors. Well, the upshot of the whole thing is. Uh, the lines continue to back up. We got them uh, unpacked, un, un, unjammed, and uh, and the airplane left on time. But do you know, Dunn got a fantastic letter directed to Eddie Rickenbacker. <laughs> and, and uh, of course, the station manager was just uh, overjoyed to get uh, one of his employees uh, a beautiful letter like that. I, I just never, ever forgot that all my life. I'll carry it with me forever. Got two letters, one for him and his yeah. brother. Yeah, 
Oh, boy. That was something. We've got, we've got a listener up in Toronto, Canada, Eric Code 416. Who might that be? Well, listening. Only the shadow knows. <laughs> Eric Code 305. That must be Miami. Miami. Or close to it. And 313 at Chicago. That has. No, 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 um, um, assignment was um, the uh, the airline, the Southwest Airlines. What yeah. made them so successful? And um, and it was it was a very interesting program, and it, it, just just for the fact that that they were chosen um, it says an awful lot about them. And um, yeah. they, you know, we we talked about one of the big things that that was their success was the sense of humor. Yeah. People like yeah. to have fun when they're traveling. It's not fun to get on an airplane and sit there for hours. So, you yeah. know, it was it that 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 I thought was very interesting. Very. Someone and was listen, talking I earlier have, about I have, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question the, the, the Dorothy Dorothy on the program in the villages. Yes. Uh, is, is that Dorothy Gag is that Dorothy right. Gagman? Yes it is. Okay. Okay, well, I'm in the villages. My name is Dorothy, and I'm in the villages also. <laughs> oh, how nice. Glad to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what village are you in? We're in Largo, and uh, we're new here. We're only here since the December 26th, so uh, really new, but we're not new to the villages themselves. My brother used to, my brother lived here for 17 years before his death, so I'm very familiar with all of the happenings at the uh, villages. Do you belong to the airline group here? Do you belong to the uh, airline group? I am group? the wife of. <laughs> I am the wife of a 35-year-old uh, Eastern uh, customer service planner. So I feel like I'm part of the group, and they certainly make me feel like I'm one of them. So I guess I am, guys. Do you think so? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. About, I'm talking about the um, the um, airline club that at the villages. Oh it, no, it's for, no. Where is it? We uh, don't okay. know where that is. Well, it's um, we 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 move around from village to a village. Um, it's called the uh, airline group, and but I I belong to that, and I also belong to the Eastern Airlines Silverliners. Is oh, Chuck really nice. a group? Pardon me. Wonderful. Chuck, Chuck Albright, a member of your group. No, no. Uh, he may not Chuck's know not a member either. of the Silverliners, no. You know, Dorothy, well, you have my, no, 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 no. Uh, Dorothy, you yes, have yes. our host address, email address. Uh, why don't you send us, uh, Don and I, where, what you're talking about with the airline group, and uh, we'll see what well, the it, 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 the, the group the group is all air, um, flight attendants, former flight attendants. Oh, okay, all right. So it's strictly flight attendants. It's not for mechanics and yeah, yeah. It's, it's, okay, it's flight attendants. For, okay, we, we well, have that a group counts of, me out. I've never been a flight attendant. <laughs> well, that's okay. We could make you honorary. Oh, there you nice. go. Good <laughs> number. There you go. Really? Well, we, uh, thank you. Uh, we have. A, we have an Eastern Airlines Silverliners group here at the Villages. We've got about, uh, I don't know, 15 or 20 members. Yeah, that Good. I didn't know about the Eastern Silverliners. They had a great um, a convention here a couple of years ago that they put on, and yes. it was very well yes. accepted, uh, and yeah. everybody seemed to have loved it. So we did hear a lot about that. In fact, Neil advertised yeah. a lot about that as well, and, and I think he and Chuck came down and uh, did a little skit with the um, beauty contest I think they had. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember seeing them or not. 
Yeah. yeah. We were, they, were they wearing bikinis? Don't <laughs> <laughs> so have to ask the, well, those two. We, they weren't today, I'll tell we you have, that. <laughs> we, we, have, we have a lot of fun. But uh, in addition to that, in Michigan, in, in uh, the Detroit area, we also, for the last 33 years, have had a flight to the North Pole. You may have heard of it. Yeah. Yes. Um, we have a flight, a flight to the North Pole. We take yes. um, children yes. with life-threatening illness. To, yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm 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 part of that group. Oh, that's Good. wonderful. Nice. No, wonderful. Nice. Great. That's great. So, uh, well, to, eastern, 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 and in, in Detroit area is alive and well. Okay. Great to hear. Good. We got to keep it that way. I want to. Uh, I think Shay uh, had something to say. Shay, you still with us? <laughs> no, you have a great memory. Yes, I, I just wanted to mention that someone earlier had said that, uh, that not just at Eastern, but when he was speaking with friends from other carriers from kind of the golden age of commercial that's aviation, that, that everybody had fun. Right. You know, and that, that was me, and that's true. It's very true. Okay. Yes. I know a lot of people that are in the industry today, and very few of them sound like they're having fun. And what I was going to say was that it seems like only a man like Kelleher uh, was able to create an organization that maintained the kind of spirit that you guys had back in the day through a period right. in commercial aviation, which is really not, not a great time for employees or passengers, really. Well, the I days think of Mellers. Yeah, yeah, I think if you have a love for any, uh, uh, whether it's airline or any type of uh, other media or any of that, if you love your job, you seem to uh, uh, go along in life a little bit better. Your attitude all the way around is... Uh, much happier because you enjoy what you're doing, and that I think that's the big thing. I think nowadays people are forced to work in jobs that they really don't care about. Uh, some of them even feel lower than what they're actually doing. They feel like they're better than what they're doing, but uh, sometimes you have to do things because you need the money rather than to do things because you really enjoy your craft. Yeah. Sad but true, Dorothy. With that, Dorothy, uh, we are coming to the end of our program, so could you fill us in on our future shows in the next few weeks? Sure. Um, We have one coming up um, this Friday, I mean this Thursday at 3.30, our new time is going to be from the Eastern File, and Neil is going to do Pitcairn Airlines, so that ought to be very interesting, something that's, uh, I guess, near and dear to all of us. Uh, following on Monday, we're going to have Super Bowl Monday with the EAL team. So that ought to be really interesting, and I bet you guys and gals are looking forward to that day. Uh, we also have coming up this month, Eastern goes, uh, the Eastern crew goes to Mount Hood, and I think you'll remember that way back when. Uh, that was one of the skits that Neil put together, and it was an excellent script. So uh, he's going to try and do the same thing over again with us, and we'll give you the best we can. Uh, after that is going to be the Eastern History Set to Music, which will follow on the 18th of February. And then we'll have Which Airline Was First? That's going to be really interesting as well, as we all uh, love to think who was first. So. We'll look forward to that. But don't forget our Thursday programs, both for the from the Eastern Files and our newest show that we're beginning again this year is the Old Time Radio with Eastern Rocking to the 50s. And Neil is planning on another episode in two weeks, and that's going to be Music of the 50s Continues. So um, look at our website. We have a hyperlink there for Boeing has just released a video on the new interior of the 777X. It's quite a, um, a video to see and to, to watch, and it's amazing. And we look forward to those days of actually coming to fruition. So take a look at our website, enjoy it, and uh, j- just keep thinking about all the things that Eastern does and has on that website only to make you folks happy. So we look forward to that. Uh, back to you, Neil. 
Yeah, you know, speaking of the old-time radio series that we're doing now, uh, Music in the 50s, I just, I had a good time just listening to Tutti Frutti, Little Richard, uh, Rock Around the Clock yep. Tonight, Bill Haley and the oh, Comets. We, we loved it. It was wonderful. Blueberry Hill, Cat's Domino. I mean, we had a great See, time rocking. You kicked the nickels out of your loafers. It was, oh, it was <laughs> We're going to do it again on the next yeah. one, too. I'm going to stay in the 50s for at least the next show, and, and then we'll move into the 60s. But we're having fun, and the great thing about it is uh, during these shows, we also give you what was happening with Eastern Airlines back in those days in the 50s. And I so, love that. Bill. That 60s. is just wonderful. Yeah. So we have fun doing that, and, and uh, we welcome you to tune in. It's at 3.30 uh, on uh, Thursdays. And this coming Thursday, we do from the Eastern Files. We're talking about Pitcairn Aviation, uh, the uh, – the, uh, rich, the the core of, uh, I guess, the roots, I should say, that's the word I'm looking for, of Eastern Airlines. And we're going to talk about that from the Eastern Files, and that's at 3.30. So look forward to that. So great show tonight. Even though it was a different airline, uh, we do honor the man, Herb Kelleher, and a uh, remarkable individual. And the people of Southwest are, were very lucky to have worked under such a, a genius, an aviation genius, in putting that airline together, being now the largest airline in America. Okay, uh, let's see. We're going to land the airplane, and let's see if I can find the landing button here. There, this this looks like it. Three green. Three green. Jim Hart. Yeah, I'm waiting for my good night music. Well, I got a different. For you tonight. Fruity. So you just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to hear something different, Jim. Ending, Captain Neal, as usual. Be sure to tune in again next Monday, January 4, when America's way to fly returns to the cyber waves and we talk Super Bowl number question, question, question. I would give you a number. But I have a hard time with those Roman numerals. Now, <laughs> why do they use those when the Romans don't even use them? Well, <laughs> next week when we get a quick course on Roman numerals. Our show for tonight with this, we'll sign off by playing Jimmy Durante's salute to Mrs. Calabash. Wherever you are, Mr. Good night, good night, good night. It's time to say good night. Good night, good night, good night. What more is there to say but good night? We've had a few laughs, and it's time for two to lose. Up, revolt. We the same and inka dinka do. Good night, good night, good night. Good night, good night, good night.